is good to see everybody. Not, I can't say that. I'm glad you guys who are watching can see me. <laughs> and, um, but it is it is good to be here in the Lord's house tonight, and uh, glad and thankful to be here. Uh, do want to uh, say thank you for all the prayers and stuff. Kayla and Jacob do have a new baby boy, little Marshall, and uh, so we're thankful for that. And he is actually already at home. They had him yesterday. And so they're at home uh, this evening. Thank the Lord uh, for that. But do remember them in the time of their recovery. Uh, do continue to pray for all those on our prayer request list. Sister Donna Faye has got an um, appointment tomorrow. Uh, her friend Sandy. Remember uh, uh, Lucas, who has several infections, has had some surgery, um, had to have a port put in. And so do continue to pray for Lucas and, of course, his mom, Holly, and family there. Um, Kyle and Mike, Brother Mike, continue to lift him up in prayer as well. Uh, Shawnetta Carr and Jason. Uh, Natalie. Donna Arnold, Sister Donna, and her, her daughter, Lisa. Uh, Brother Jerry, Brother Lord Shores. Uh, lift them up. Norma Whitledge. Ann McAfee's niece, Sister Marshall, Anita Humphreys, um, Sister Mary Real, Kyle Franklin, Calvin Rainwater, uh, Brother Bill and Sister Joanne, uh, Justin Simpson, uh, Billy Walters, Donna Cottle, and Jessica. Exchange students that were going back, and then all of our graduates, those that will be traveling. Uh, remember Brother Daniel and Sister Diane, uh, Evan, Jeff Slayton, uh, Brother Chuck, Sister Rhonda, Serena Garrett, Reverend Carl, Carl Chesser, Zach Bill and his family, Joe and Betty Howard, and also uh, Brother Grayson, Wilkes, uh, lift him up. Kaylee and Everly, uh, both of them doing better. We appreciate the prayers there. And uh, got some other family uh, don't live near us, but uh, that did get sick. And uh, so remember them uh, in your prayers. I tell you, there's something going around, and nobody wants it, um, but apparently it just affects kids. And so uh, do uh, remember all those in your prayers, our little ones especially. When they get sick, it's hard on mom and dad uh, as well as them. Uh, do continue to pray for our shut-ins, uh, Sister Mary Jane, uh, Sister Faye, Sister Tawana, Brother Junior. Uh, just lifting them up in prayers. Uh, also remember Brother Lonnie Burks is going to be with us in June. And then we've got uh, scheduled Brother Mike Harvard in September. And so I ask that you would remember uh, both these brothers as they will be getting prepared to come. And uh, the Lord will just lay on their hearts the things that uh, we need to hear. Uh, so do remember that tonight. With that, we'll go to the Lord in prayer and just ask that you would uh, remember us as we would do our best to see the Lord's will done. 
Father, we thank you tonight for your love, mercy, and grace. We thank you, dear God, for the many blessings you give us, Lord. Father, thank you for the safety you provide for us as we travel. Lord, asking you tonight that you'd anoint and touch each and every heart, dear God, and help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. Help us to draw closer one to another, dear God, so we can be strength and encouragement. Father, we thank you tonight for the many prayers you've answered, the lives you've touched. We ask you, Lord, for lost souls to be saved, dear God. We ask you, Father, for backslidden souls to come back to you. Lord, I pray tonight that you would just bring our Father to us the opportunity of restoration, dear God, uh, to you uh, in the lives around about us, dear God, who have turned from you. Lord, I ask you tonight, bless thy word, bless the reading of it, dear God, the bringing of it, Lord, we pray. Lord, I ask you tonight to help us, uh, Father, to be a light in the communities where we're at, and that our church would be a light to you, uh, for you in the area it is. Lord, I'm just praying tonight, dear God, that you just trust, draw us, and help us, strengthen us, Lord. Father, let us be true. Be with us, Lord, through this time of elections, dear God. Father, be with our country, Lord, we pray. And Lord, I pray tonight, Father, that men and women, Lord, will lead service, dear God, will make sure they seek thee first. And we'll praise you, Father, we'll thank you, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. This evening we're going to be studying uh, a couple of words, and when I say a couple of words, uh, it is kind of uh, a breakdown of words in the way that I uh, have, have looked at them and, and broken down uh, and looking through them and studying on them. Uh, but we're going to look at 11 places tonight where we'd find the two words call on uh, in unison. And uh, we, we know some of these by heart, uh, but, <coughs> excuse me, uh, some of them we don't know by heart. And some of them, when we read a little further into them, we find that there's some deeper uh, aspects there than what we would have thought of. So we're starting in Second Samuel tonight, chapter 22. Uh, we'll start up in verse 1. Uh, some of these have been covered in other areas on other studies. Uh, but I'll tell you this tonight, I don't think we can overstudy or overread the Bible. I don't think we can overread the verses in the Bible uh, because I believe with all of my heart, uh, the more that we read them, uh, the closer and stronger we will be with the Lord. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this too tonight, we'll see that in some of the relationships that folks had with God, had they stuck to the Word they would have had a better relationship. And just right off the top of our head, we can think about Judas, right? Uh, we know that he was chosen, uh, that he would reject the Lord. God knew beforehand that his heart was set to money. Uh, but think about it. Had he stuck closer to the Word, uh, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'd stuck closer to the words in which he'd heard and held them in his heart, uh, they would have chose somebody else. Uh, and I'm glad tonight that God hasn't had to choose somebody else for me. Uh, there have been many times I've wondered why he hasn't. Uh, but the truth of the matter is tonight I'm glad that he hasn't. And so I'm thankful for that. By now I hope you turn to 20, chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 22, uh, verse 1. It said, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of his enemy, out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer. I'm telling you something tonight, church, when you got God uh, as, your, as your rock, think about it 
your, for, your, your fortress and your deliverer. Uh, friend, you, you just got it going there. But anyways, the Lord God is my rock, and him will I trust. He is my shield and horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. Now, now think about David just gave us a list of things there uh, that God is and what he's done. And I'll tell you something, church, tonight, truly, if we'll go through the word of God and we would be honest, uh, we would find that God's word tells us all about what God has done, what God is doing, and also what God will do. So what we see that he done for David is no different than what he will do or is doing for us who trust in him or will do for those who will trust in him in the future. And then in verse 4 he says, I will call on the Lord who is worthy uh, to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Uh, I think about this tonight. I know that whenever uh, I studied the word worthy, uh, God was worthy to be worshipped. God is worthy to be praised. God is worthy uh, to be served. But David said, I will call on the Lord. Why? He is worthy. And he just gave us a list of things that, that David contributed to his worthiness. Uh, he was delivered uh, from the hand of Saul. And he said, in verse 2, and the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us that the wise man built his house up on the rock. The, the Bible tells us uh, that all that trust in God, uh, he, he, is, he is their shield. He's their protector. He was their forward. He's their rearward. Uh, he's, he's all around. Uh, then he said, uh, he is uh, my deliverer. Uh, and God reminds us, and the Bible reminds us how that God brought them out of the land of Egypt. Well, he brought you and I out of the land of Egypt when he saved us. Uh, Egypt is the representation of sin. Uh, it's the representation of bondage. And God has brought us out of these things. And so when David says, I will call on the Lord uh, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. I'm telling you tonight, if you'll call on the Lord, he will save you, and he'll hold you. Uh, he'll take you out of the hand of the enemy. Uh, we know the enemy is the devil, uh, and the Bible tells us that he's a thief, that he's a liar, he's a dragon, he's a serpent, uh, uh, he's a deceiver. Uh, he, he is, the Bible says in John. Uh, he comes not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. Uh, so we know this tonight. A matter of fact, the Bible tells us that he's the author of confusion. Why? Because the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. Uh, the devil is the author of confusion. And then if we jump over into 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, we know this passage of Scripture, again, real familiar here. Uh, this is where Elijah comes to challenge the prophets of Baal. Uh, when we find this, though, we will find uh, two, two references here uh, on call on uh, in these passages of Scripture. And I'll just tell you tonight, Elijah was right and the prophets of Baal were wrong. So in verse 17, it said, And it come to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? No, uh, he was the one who was delivering uh, a good message to Israel. Can you, can you understand this today? Uh, even today, those that preach the gospel, those who teach the kingdom of God, those who hold to the Bible and, and tell others that uh, if they don't repent from their sins and turn from their sins and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, today they're the ones who are blamed uh, a lot of times for being troubled. 
And so I will say this, why there is a lot of trouble in this world, uh, a Christian telling somebody about the love of God, the love of Christ, salvation, uh, is not a troublemaker, but rather one who's trying to deliver the heart and the soul from trouble. Elijah had a message of deliverance here. Remember what David said. Uh, Elijah had a message of deliverance here. Uh, but Ahab says, Art thou the one uh, that's troubling Israel? Uh, and the answer to that is no. But anyways, we'll go on. And he said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that thou have that, yeah, forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and hath followed Balaam. Uh, and now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which are, which, excuse me, eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mark Camel, Mark, Mount Carmel. And I, I want to say something for you a second here. Just, I, wanna, I want you to think about this. Uh, in the Bible, and we're, we're going to find this example to be true. In the Bible, it tells us in the book of James that the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There are 850 false prophets fixing to do a work that will bring to naught anything. But there is a man of God whose name Elijah, and he will do something wonderful because why? The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, and so he will call on the right God. But anyways, I'm jumping ahead. I can't help myself sometimes. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I even, I only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. And let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods. Now look right there. Remember, I, the words we're looking at tonight are call on. Elijah tells them, go ahead. He said, and call on the name of your gods. A little g and an s on the end of it. Why? Because they don't have any one God. Uh, it's kind of like what we used to watch uh, sometimes in the movies. And, and I know that it's true. And, and it's kind of when we look at it today, we don't think about it. But there are many people who believe there are many different gods. There's the God of thunder and the God of rain, the God of lightning, the God of sports and the God of this and the God of that. And, and the truth of the matter is all of those are little g's uh, with an s on the end. And they're not actually any god. They're an idol. They're a makeup. They're a, a belief that does not exist. See, there is one true God. And Elijah's pointing this out to the children of Israel at this time, even though maybe uh, in some aspects they're still confused because they didn't answer him anything. Uh, but Elijah tells them, he says, you call on the name of your gods. He's putting this down to a fair thing there, so to say. I will call on the name, I will call on the name of the Lord. Now look at that. Elijah says, you call on, and I'll call on. But you call on your gods, I'll call on the name of the Lord. And he goes on. He said, and the God, capital G, why? Because there's only one God who can answer this prayer, right? And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. 
And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So now they've made up their mind that if they see some proof, they'll, they'll believe the results. Now, now, I will tell you something. Be very careful there. The Bible does tell us to try the spirits to tell whether they are of God or they're not. And it also tells us there that every spirit that confesses not Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And so when you think about it that way tonight, uh, uh, just think about this. Uh, if they don't believe, I mean, stand up solidly, rock solid, and say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come in the flesh. He has been here. Uh, friend, I'll tell you something. Uh, that's a false prophet. If they try to tell you some other thing about it, uh, some religions believe that Jesus came, but he was a, a, a prophet, or that he came, he was a good man, uh, that he came, but he wasn't the Son of God. I, I'm telling you something tonight. Jesus Christ not only was, but is the only begotten Son of God, and he came in the flesh to you and I. Now, But Elijah's telling them here, you call on your gods. I'll call on my God. The God that answereth by fire, let him be God. In verse 25, And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it uh, for many, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire on it. And they took the bullock which they had, uh, which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice nor any that answered. They, they, they leaped upon the altar which they had made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked him, saying, Cry loud, uh, for he is a god. Uh, either he is taking, talking, or he, or, pre is, or he is pursuing, or he is on a journey, or preadventure he sleepeth and must be waked, awakened. Now, now, I want you to think about something. I don't want a god that doesn't have time to pay attention to me. It doesn't have time to hear me. And I don't want a God that I have to wake up. And I, I'll tell you something. I, I never thought about it this way before, but, but I'm going to tell you what I think. I think that you come to the house of God, and, and you come either with the Spirit ready to serve God, or you come without it and you're not ready to serve God. And I don't care what you do in the service. If you build up, if you build up an emotion that makes you think the Spirit of God all of a sudden showed up, you didn't come with God. Because he is either there or he's not. That, that's the, the basis of the Bible. Look at what Elijah said. He must be woken up. God doesn't have to be woke up, church. The Bible doesn't tell us that we have to do X, Y, and Z in order for God uh, uh, to show up. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. He is already present. We just need to wake up to that and understand that. Uh, so then he said, and it came to pass at midday uh, that the prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, there was neither voice nor any answer nor any, <coughs> excuse me, I skipped verse 28. And they cried aloud and cut themselves uh, after the manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when the midday was passed and then the, they prophesied until the time of the evening uh, a sacrifice that there was no voice uh, nor, in, nor any to answer nor any that regarded. In other words, none of the gods they called on did anything. It didn't happen. And Elijah said, And all the people come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Now, I don't know 
But I wonder if the prophets of Baal used one altar, which they smashed, but Elijah used another altar, one that had been left alone, one that had been forsaken, one that was no longer in use, was in decay. And I, I don't know that. But I will say this, that if, if you read your Bible, it almost appears that way because it was broken down. He repaired the altar of the Lord. He was using, I, I, I really think, and I can't prove it, but I think he was using a different altar. And they were, they were there. But anyways, he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Now he's going to call on the name of the Lord. He's restored the altar of the Lord for the people who have received the word of the Lord. And now he's got 12 stones for those folks. And he said, and in the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench about the altar, a great, as great as wood contained two measures of seed. He put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces, laid him on the wood, and said, fill four barrels of water uh, about, and pour it upon the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. He said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. Now I want you to think about something for a second here. He had 12 stones. And then he had 12 barrels of water. I may preach a good message on these things here sometime. But there's significance to what he's done here two times in the 12. And then he goes on. He said, the water ran about the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and I have done all of these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art God, or art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood and the stone and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. Now I want you to think of the astonishment of the people next, but, but we won't even worry about that for a second there. I want you to think about what, what happened here. The prophets of Baal did everything they could, including they, they cut themselves, they leaped upon the altars, they, they shouted Aloud. They, they cried. Uh, they'd done it twice as long, so to say, as what Elijah did. They had the, the, the sacrifice, the noontime and everything. Elijah had the evening sacrifice time. Uh, he gave them uh, so much more time than he himself took. But in the end, only one God answered that was called on. And that was the Lord God of Israel. And I'm just telling you something tonight, church. You can call on the gods of this world. And you can call on the gods of whatever world you believe in, but you won't get anything out of that. But if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll call on the Lord God Almighty, if you'll call on the God of creation, uh, you'll see something then take place. If you go over to the book of 2 Kings in chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5, 
Some have told me on Wednesday nights I go a little too fast. I've tried to slow down uh, so that they can uh, keep up in this aspect here. Uh, Naaman is a leper. And I'll and I, I, I tell you what is interesting to me about Naaman. Uh, there's, there's two things that happen in the story of Naaman, but oftentimes we don't read about the second happen. Uh, we only read about the first happen. And so if we'll go into this, uh, uh, and I, I, like I said, I'm going to be reading the call on. Um, but, but anyways, let's back down here. Naaman has come to Elijah in verse 8. And when it was so, when Elijah the man of God had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent, the, sent to the king, saying, Wherefore uh, hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now unto me, and he shall, shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, all thy flesh shall, and, and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out unto me, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord God, of the Lord his God. Now, now I want you to think about this. Naaman was saying that he felt like Elijah should have called on the name of the Lord, his God. And I'll just say this. If Elijah, Elijah hadn't been the man of God that he was and hadn't already been calling on God, nothing would have happened that happens here. But Elijah has already been doing that. It's just that Naaman wanted him to do it in his presence. Can I tell you tonight that, again, the Bible doesn't say the, righteous, the prayer of a righteous man revealed unto the public or done openly availeth much, but the prayer of a righteous man availeth much, or the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was that man. Naaman wanted him to do something different than what he did. But here, again, we'll read on because there's some interesting things to this point tonight I want you to see. And he goes on and he says, and, and, and he said, and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leprosy. Are not Abinah and Parfair, and I, I can't read pronounce these fair part uh, rivers of Damascus better than all the waters in Israel may I not wash in them and be clean so he turned and went away enraged and his servant came near and spake unto him and said my father if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing wouldest thou not have done it how much rather then when he saith unto thee wash and be clean I want you to think about what happened with Peter at the night of communion, when the Lord came to wash his feet, Peter said, Not my feet, but my hands and my head also. And Jesus said, He that be washed needeth not but his feet. Why? Because it's it, Jesus, when he does it, does it right. Uh, think about it that way there. Now, but when you're washed in the blood, church, you get something good. But you'll never get washed in the blood of Jesus Christ until you call on the name of the Lord. And we'll cover that again here in just a minute. But here's the interesting part. We all know this. Naaman went down, dipped himself seven times into the river Jordan. And when he came out, his flesh was that of a, uh, of a baby. It was fresh. It was uh, of a little child, uh, clean. Uh, and you go on through there. And, and then Naaman tries to pay Elijah for what he done. 
Elijah doesn't receive that. But, but there's something here to be said again. Elijah has a servant. I cannot pronounce his name just right. Uh, but Gehazi, uh, we'll call him G-E-H-A-Z-I in verse 20. Uh, but Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, uh, the man of God, behold, my master hath uh, spared Naaman the Syrian, is not receiving his hand that which is brought, uh, but if the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat. He, he is determined now that Elijah uh, would not take anything, but he, he will. And the end of this is something that, that is something we need to see. See, Elijah did the work of God. A Naaman saw a miracle of God uh, that should have changed his life. In this, though, Elijah refused to eat the king's meat, so to say, just like Daniel did uh, in, in the book of Daniel, uh, in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, but, the, but the servant, he's a little greedy. Uh, he's a little different. He's not been listening again to the words. Remember what I said? Uh, about about uh, uh, Judas there. The servant hadn't been listening. He'd been there, but he hadn't really paid much attention. He goes after Naaman, and he, he gets the goods, and he comes back. In verse 25, he says, But when he went and stood uh, before the master, Elijah said unto him, Which comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went not whither. He didn't go anywhere. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, he needs to get on his knees before God. Repent. And he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? It is time to receive money. It, it is, is it time to receive money or to receive garments and vineyards and, or olivers and vineyards and sheep and oxen and manservants and maidservants? The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence as a leper, as white as snow. Can I tell you something tonight, church? We need to learn from those who have called on the name of the Lord and seen God do great and wonderful things. And in so doing, in seeing, understand, believe, and hold in to those things. Remember, the Bible tells us to seek ye out the old paths and walk therein. But they said we wouldn't do it. And, and I know that people talk about the things of old and the changes and all these things that have gone on in life. And, and can I just say to you tonight, I understand that. And I even talk about it myself. And we can't go back. But, but I tell you what we can do. We can understand that there was a reason why the, the saints of old did the things that they did and held to the Word of God the way that they did. They called on God. They called on the Lord. And in their calling, they trusted and they believed. And in that, they worshipped and they honored and they glorified and they held to God. And I, I'm just telling you something tonight. If we want to see the uh, worship of before, if we want to see revival services of before, things we would say of old, of past days, uh, we cannot go backwards. But what we can do is restore and refresh our, our, our worship to God and our belief in God and our trust in God. And we can call on God who hears the Bible tells us. We can call on the Lord who's waiting to hear from us. And we can follow Him and serve Him and love Him. And believe me, church, tonight, I absolutely believe that what we're going to read in the next little bit here 
that will, this will happen. And there's coming a time, and, and maybe we're at that time, maybe we've passed that time. I, I, I don't know, maybe that time's to come. I'm not positive. The Bible tells us it's going to happen, and sometimes I think it's already happened. Uh, but I'm praying to God that, that it doesn't have already happened, but will happen, because there is no doubt in my mind, I want to see an outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the children of God so that God does a great and mighty work. I, I would love to see that in my lifetime. I, I can tell you that, that there's times in, in when I younger year in my ministry and preaching, uh, there was times when we had revivals, and I can remember uh, being blessed to preach a revival that went, went a week and a half, almost two weeks, and we saw a, 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 a whole family saved there, seven people, five people saved there. Uh, then I can also remember getting blessed and being in a service where we got to preach, and at the end of the service, we saw seven folks saved in that service and some rededications in that service. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't deserve to see it. I didn't deserve to be part of it. But, but there were people calling on God, and I was calling on God, and we were trusting God to do a work. And in that, God done a great and mighty work. I believe God can still do that today. I believe God wants to do that today. But I believe we got to be people who call on God. Don't be the wrong person. Don't be the, the servant that goes after the money. Be the one who goes after the Lord, who searches the things of God, holds to the things of God. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 32, it says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and the remnant of whom the Lord uh, shall call. And I'm just telling you, this is a prophecy of things to come there. God's talking about pouring out His Spirit in the last days. God's talking about making a, a change and a difference. And those that will call on the name of the Lord are going to see a great and, and wonderful thing there. It's going to be a transformation. Can I, can I say this? They're going to be transformed from the lives of those that are lost and doomed to to the lives of those who have hope uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and in this aspect here, but they're putting their hope in the Lord uh, Jesus Christ in, in the future part of it. If you go to the book of Zechariah uh, tonight, and we'll look there uh, in chapter 13 in the book of Zechariah, chapter uh, 13, we'll cover another spot here. And I'm, I'm trying to uh, get through here tonight, not hold just a long time, but chapter 13. And we'll start reading down in verse 7. He said, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand unto the little one. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire. And will refine them as silver is refined. And will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. Now I want you to think about something very carefully here tonight. We have this prophecy, this time that is. And the word of the Lord tells us two-thirds I shall uh, be scattered, but one third shall be remaining. 
And I, I've got a message that I'm, I'm working on about through the fire. Uh, but look at what he says in verse 9. He said, I will bring the third part through the fire and will find them as silver is refined. Can I tell you, the Bible says that your faith being tried is much more precious than silver and gold. But God is saying here that he will try them, refine them as silver is refined. He will try them as gold is tried. He is going to make a purification there. Uh, they shall call. Why? They shall call on the name of the Lord. I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. I, I want you to understand something tonight, church. I want God to say, I'm his child. I, I think about this often. Am I a child of God? I have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I've called on him for salvation. I've called on him for forgiveness. I've called on him for leadership. I've called on him uh, to help me, to guide me, to strengthen me. And, and I'll tell you the truth, I call on him uh, to help me in his word and in the preaching of his word. There's, uh, there's this, all this, always I'm calling on God in, in, in so many uh, uh, reasons of my life because I absolutely know this, without him I'm nothing, can do nothing, and nothing will ever be good in my life without God. But in the same thing here, I, I think about this a lot. Uh, he said, I shall try them. They shall call on my name. I will hear them. And I preach this a lot. God hears the cries of the righteous. God hears the cries of repentance. But those who thank God will hear their prayers simply because he has to. Church, that is not true. God does not have to. The wicked Bible says that God does not hear their cries. And yet in this, the wicked that repenteth though is no longer wicked. They are repentance, repentance people. But he said, I will hear them. I will say, and I, excuse me, I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. I'm telling you tonight, church, I am glad to know tonight that when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life, that God said, He's my son, and I can say he's my father. And I'm glad tonight to know that that has happened with me. If you go over to the book of Acts, uh, again talking in reference to the book of Joel, uh, Acts chapter 2 tonight. Uh, we'll skip down there for a few verses. I've actually, and I can't say this out loud, but I will, I will say this is the one uh, of two places in my scripture uh, that I've got marked, so if anybody ever gets my Bible, uh, they will they will find that this uh, one passage or two passages there, two verses in the Bible have been marked. Uh, and so anyways, but Peter on the day of Pentecost, in verse 14 says, But Peter standing up uh, with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judah and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be, known, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last day, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaid will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And by the way, I'm going to tell you something. They will tell you the word of God, not new prophecies. They're going to repeat the word of God. 
He said, and all my servants and all my handmaids will I pour out in those days, right? In verse 19, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in earth beneath, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord, uh, of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass, look at this, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is coming a time that God is going to give an open invitation. And I, can I say this tonight? I, it happens every day. But when you read your Bible, do you realize this, that God has prepared us and warned us and showed us and told us. And even in this, God is saying there is something that's going to happen. And if they will call on me, he's going to save them. The problem that I see today is this, that we just we ignore everything. And when we see something horrible happening or something strange happening, uh, we like to blame one another. We like to blame political parties or, or uh, uh, religious groups or, or whatever it is there. And, and here's the facts. God's been trying his best to get us, and I say trying his best, God has been trying to get us to turn to him for a long time. But there's going to come an event as such as never been. And at that time, you will have an opportunity. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. I wouldn't wait for that time to come because you may not make it to that day. I may not make it to that day. That's why the Bible doesn't say wait till that day. Instead, it says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time appointed. But he said it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm just telling you tonight, church, you can think about it this way too. There was things happened when Jesus Christ died. There were things that are happening even yet today. And if we don't call on the name of the Lord, it might be too late for you and I if we're not careful. But I'm, and I say that carefully in this way. I've already called on him. I've already accepted him. It's not too late for me. Instead, I'm looking forward to a time in which I get to go be with the Lord. Then if you go over to the book of Acts chapter 9, Paul, uh, Saul, uh, we start off with Saul, who becomes Paul, has a meeting with the Lord. And in this... There's something to be said. So Saul uh, meets up with the Lord. Saul is now at the house uh, in the street called Straight. And there is sent now to him a man. And the Bible says in chapter 9 verse 10, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him was the Lord in a vision. Or, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and acquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Can I tell you something tonight, church, that somebody wants to call me up and tell me that there was somebody I knew who was like Saul somewhere's praying? And God was saying, You got to go down there. I, I, I don't know that I would have acted any different than Ananias, uh, but I would hope that I would say this Wow, uh, he is praying. What is he asking for? Uh, but anyways, he said, Now seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias said, Lord, I have heard of many how much evil he hath done to thy saints in Jerusalem. And there, and here he hath authority from, from the uh, chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Can I tell you something carefully here tonight? If we're not careful in this country, they will. They will, you can mark this down because the Bible even talks about it, but they will band calling on the name of God. 
It will be against the law to call on the name of the Lord. A church, listen to me carefully. Uh, you can go back and read, and I, and I won't get too far off on this, uh, but there are a lot of executive orders already signed into law by presidents you wouldn't even believe who, who have made the preaching of Christ and the preaching of the cross, uh, the preaching of calling on the name of the Lord, an offense if you line it up with anything uh, that mankind now today says is normal as opposed to what the Bible says is a sin. And they call it hate speech. Can I tell you tonight that the word of God is not hate speech. About, rather, it is a message of love. It is full of the speech of the righteousness of a holy God who desires a holy people. And Ananias is telling here that God, he already, God already knew this, but Ananias is telling God that Paul had the authority uh, to throw those into prison, to have them killed of anybody that called on the name of the Lord. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. While man may kill us for calling on the name of the Lord, if you call on the name of the Lord, God will save you. And there is a great big difference right there to be understood tonight. And he goes on, he says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name uh, before Gentiles and kings, and the excuse me, Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For he will show how great uh, things he must, for I will shew him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. A uh, church, it's no mystery tonight that those who call on the name of the Lord uh, shall uh, suffer things. The Bible tells us all that will live godly uh, shall suffer persecution. Uh, sometimes we don't even realize we're being persecuted because. It's, it's not that meaningful to us in one aspect. But can I tell you this? Uh, the closer we get to the day of the Lord, I believe the more persecution will arise. Uh, but anyways, going over to the book of Romans chapter 10, uh, this chapter is full of the message of calling on God. If you go back into verse 8, it says this, Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 8. But what saith the word that is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on me shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Now look at that. Whosoever what shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? There you go. Call on. How then shall they call on him? Whosoever shall call upon. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard or believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? It is written, How beautiful are them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings, uh, glad tidings of good things. Now listen to me, church. Again, I will say this. The Bible is a message of love. It is a message of forgiveness. Uh, it tells us that God's not going to tolerate sin. It's telling us to call on the name of the Lord. Take the opportunity to do it today while there is opportunity because there is going to come a time when the opportunity will not be there. Think about what the Lord said. My spirit shall not always strive with man. 
And then go over to the book of 2 Timothy. Uh, we just got two more tonight, and then we'll be uh, finished there. The book of 2 Timothy chapter uh, 2. Skipping down there. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, I'll just, I'll just skip all the way down there tonight, and then we'll, we'll finish up. In, uh, but, but in Timothy chapter 2, uh, going to verse 20, he says, but, great, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some, of honor, some to honor and some to dishonor. If any man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared to every good work. Flee, flee also youthful lust, but follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace unto them. Now look at that. Charity, peace with them that call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee the things that are going to harm us, but let's call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Let's seek God and serve God and honor God and glorify God. And then when we get over here, uh, into the book of First Peter, uh, chapter one. Uh, I love these verses of scripture here, and that's why I just kind of spent just a minute there. Remember, uh, we're going to get rid of the sin, and we're going to go to the Lord there. And I love this passage, therefore, uh, in First Peter, chapter one, starting in verse thirteen. There it says, "Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of the to the end, for the grace that is." to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. Now remember this, we're talking about we're calling on, and he's, he's told us now, but he which has called you is holy. The Lord has called you. And, and I'll say this, that you watch some of these preachers there that say there are many ways to Jesus. Let me tell you, my Bible says there's one way to God, there's one way to Jesus. No man cometh unto the Father except by the Son. And no man cometh unto the Son except the Father draw him. And by the way, God said whosoever will. So God is drawing everybody. But you can't come to Jesus many ways. You'll either come through the drawing of the Lord of God the Father, or you won't be coming at all there. Uh, but anyways, going on, he said this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And, and if you call on, now look at that, and if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, past your time, Pass the time of your soul journeying here in fear, for as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who was barely foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for you, who by him delivered, who by him do believe in God, that he raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing if you purified your souls by obeying the truth of the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another, another with a pure heart, fervently being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth uh, forever. Can I tell you something tonight, church? We call on the name of the Lord. We're calling on the Father. 
who without respect to Persian judges according to every man's work. And we ought, therefore, to pass our time here in fear, understanding this, that if we're going to believe and cling to the blood of Jesus Christ, if we're going to declare it as our salvation, we're going to declare it as the washing away of our sins, then we need to also live it and live it right as the Word of God tells us to do this. After all, why would God tell us to call on Him if He had no desire to answer us or to hear us or to save us? And again, these words are found in passages of Scripture, 11 different verses there. Uh, but when we look at it this way here, uh, just set it up this way, only 10 of those 11 are in reference to calling on God. That other one there, Elijah, is telling them, you call on the name of your God, but I'll call on the name of the Lord. And if you look at it, think about it this way. What are there? There's ten commandments there. And we, we can see that number 11 uh, is the number of disciples, uh, uh, discipleship uh, in this. So if you'll listen to the Word of God, it will tell you what to do, right? So 11 times is found, but we know this ten times in reference to calling on God. And therein lies the answer that you and I need tonight. We need to call on the Lord. And if we'll do that, church, he will change us, save us, and set us free and lead us down a path of righteousness, holiness for his name's sake, achieving his will in our lives and then helping us to help others to achieve God's will in their lives as well. Father, tonight we thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you, Father, for your grace. Ask you, Lord, tonight, help us to do thy will, to praise, worship, and honor, and glorify thy name. Lead us, dear God, in the path that you'd have us to go and the things that you'd have us to do. Father, I pray tonight that your will would be accomplished in my life and the lives of those who uh, would follow you, dear God. We pray, Father, in our church and the lives of our folks here. Lord, I'm asking tonight, just help us to be more what you'd have us to be so that we'll know and see your presence in our services, in our lives, our homes, dear God, round about us. And knowing tonight, dear God, these things, we praise you, we thank you, we love you. In Jesus' name, and amen, and amen. Thank you uh, for being with us tonight. I ask that you'd remember all of those on our prayer request list. Remember our upcoming uh, revival services that we've got. Uh, be with us uh, on Sunday if the Lord uh, allows. And we'll be back on Sunday, so be with us on Sunday. And we'll have a good time in the Lord. If people come prepared, God will work. Believe that with all of my heart. Uh, so anyways, God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next appointed time if the Lord wills.